Hi, I'm Mike Pickles, and you're listening to the Daily Deal Podcast. We hear about inspirational stories from folks like you and I. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Mike Pickles Podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Pickles. Now, today's guest is a proud member of the Clicho Diné Nation from Fort Smith, Northwest Territories, and a renowned storyteller and best-selling author. Please welcome Richard Van Camp. Mike Pickles, <laughs> bless you and your family. This is the Pickles Podcast, Masi Cho. Mike, why did you want me? You know, I mind my business, I pay my taxes. Why did you want me? <laughs> of all the other mammals on this planet, why me? What did I do? That's a good question. You well, geez, where do I start? If if I'm correct, well, do I'll, I owe you money? I think I owe you money, and this is your little <laughs> clever way of getting my PayPal. Yes, digits. we were playing. We were playing poker one night. You haven't paid me yet. No, that's not true. Hey, man. That's not, well, come on, Richard. Geez, if tell me if I'm correct, but I think you have five collections of short stories. You have six baby books. You have five comic books. You have three children's books. You've won numerous, countless awards. Uh, your movie, uh, Lesser Blessed, was actually put into a movie. What do you mean, why have you on the show? <laughs> <laughs> what? Again, I mind my business. I pay my taxes. I write a page a day. A page a day is a book a year. That's right. That's right. So That's everybody right. listening saying, I want to write, I'm going to write, just show up early. So I get up at four, sometimes five. You know, this daylight savings thing is has actually T-boned me because I get up at it says four o'clock, but internally I'm still at the five situation. Anyways, I get up before anybody in the house. I come upstairs. I write every morning, birthday, Christmas, doesn't matter. And I just give her every single day and the stories grow and the stories come. And I just, I can't wait for the more. I'm such a morning person. I get up, have coffee. And I know exactly where I need to, to be and where I need to go with the novels or the short stories or the comic books we're working on. And I'm very lucky. I'm the luckiest man I know. I get to work with my heroes, beautiful publishers. Uh, great editors. It's really our editors who make us, you know, bring out the best in us with our craft. I'm grateful to every single editor I've ever had. Well, Richard, if we can backtrack a little bit, I met you many, many moons ago. I was working in Fort Smith uh, at the Rural mm -hmm. College there. And you did a, I don't know if you were the keynote speaker or you're doing a, a workshop on writing or storytelling or something. Anyway, we crossed paths and I didn't have a podcast back then. I was just reaching out to you. Hey, how are you doing? That was a great speech, whatnot. And you reached back, of course. And then when I got the podcast, it was only three years ago during uh, the COVID stuff because we're all sitting home. So I started mm -hmm. then. And I reached out to you a few times, but obviously you're a busy, busy man. You're you're on the road. You Wait were... a minute, Mike. Let's just back it up. You're dealing with <laughs> you. You canceled. You're the one who canceled in October because you had a situation. That okay? is true. Let's that Let's is all true. practice a little self-compassion here, okay? Anywhere, everyone's allowed <laughs> to cancel at the last minute now. That's the whole thing. You can make plans, especially when you have kids. You right. can plan for a bonfire or you can plan for an outdoor birthday party or sliding party. And at the last minute, I, I expect people now to cancel going, hey, and, and bless you for canceling because yeah. you really have to go easier on yourself right now. But Mike, before we get into this, I got some questions of my own, okay? <laughs> uh, number one. 
why did you start a podcast? You're you're busy. You're you're a busy guy. You got a family. You teach all week. Why did you say, you know what? I want more. I want more in my life. Why? What's the goal? Like, are you? Do you have subscribers? Do you make ten thousand dollars a day? What's going on? <laughs> I make no money whatsoever. It's just a hobby. It was just fun. Me, we were chatting. We were online chatting with people anyway because you weren't allowed in people's houses at that time. You weren't allowed to go anywhere. So we we're all online anyway. So I was like, wow, why don't I just make a recording, you know, have some fun, make some fun with this, reach out. Good I was watching Joe good. Rogan a lot and I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. If Joe, yeah, if Joey can do it, I can do it. Um, I really appreciate the the guests you've had. You have quite a catalog of champions in their own field. So I'm, I'm really honored to be included. Yeah. Yeah. So we met in Fort Smith, my hometown, a long time ago. And then this global pandemic hit us and it's still with us. But, you know, the gift of the pandemic, and there have been many gifts during this time is, you know, before the pandemic, I was hopping on a plane two or three times a month. That's how writers made their money. Now I can Zoom. I Zoom all the time. I have my nicest shirt on, my moose hide vest. And then uh, when we're done, I go down and make lunch and start prepping supper and clean the house. And I'm there for pickup every day for our little one in grade three down the street. I get to visit with all the parents. If anything, this has really made Edmonton, our community, our two streets, family. We've really adopted each other. Yesterday, I was watching the kids for two different families because they had to keep working. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Leave the boys with me. I walked them home. And, you know, what? What? there's nothing sweeter in my life than being able to just listen and witness and be there for our little one and all their little buddies and and just have fun every day, every single day. That's that's really the gift is I'm home, I'm present. Because when I was touring, you, you'd leave mentally two days before because you'd have to be planning a keynote and a workshop and packing books and DVDs to sell. You come back, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're trying to catch up with the family. You're trying to remember your invoicing. You're trying to remember who ordered books. It was this continual misery, actually. And uh, I'm just so, no, I loved it, but it, it it was taxing and now I'm home and I'm, I'm grateful. We're eating well, we're sleeping well. I get to nap. I get to have a dad nap at 11 o'clock or one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just fantastic. I feel fantastic. And yesterday a neighbor came up and said, you are the most grateful person I know. And I said, I know I got so much. We love our home. We love our yard. We love our community. Thank goodness. Health is wealth. Number one, we're healthy. I'm so grateful for my health. I'm so grateful that I can be present and do what I love to do every single day. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, Richard. Uh, where are you these days? So you live in you live in Edmonton. Yep, we live in Edmonton. We I've been in Edmonton for eleven years. We bought this house ten years ago. It was actually my wife's uh, grandmother, Sheila Martin, who found this house for us. She was a realtor. She sold houses for fifty years, five zero years. And I remember one day when when Kiwi and I were just starting out, we had a little apartment by the university here in Edmonton. And um, Sheila Martin was over for supper and she said, interest rates are never going to be this low again in my lifetime. You're buying a house. And I went, what? Homeowners are losers. You've got a rake. Stuff gets caught in downspouts. Your basement can flood. Mm-hmm. When you rent, it's everybody else's problem. It's, I don't got a shovel. I've got a rake. And then three days later, we bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great, and it was the greatest thing we ever did. Greatest thing. Well, Greatest thing I ever did was marry Kiwi Martin, and you know we're so blessed with our family and our little one at Zazi. But yeah, we love we love Edmonton. We're in Treaty Six territory. We're really connected to our our you know our family, our community. Yesterday, I I did a little giveaway. I did a reading at the community center for new parents, the new generation of parents. It was fantastic because 
when Zazi was born, I was a stay-at-home dad for the first couple of years because Kibi was a professor at the university. And Zazi and I would go open that community center every Wednesday and Friday from, I think, 10 to noon, I think. I, it's been a couple of years. That was five years ago. And now our friend does that. And he's got a new little one. And it's just like, look at us. We're, you know, our kids are eight years old. We're growing. We're thriving. We're, we're learning. Our little one is starting to read you know, the other day for the first time, Mike, I don't know if you've been there yet with your family, but Zazi started reading signs as we were driving by. And this is not Taco Bell and McDonald's and Sharper's Drug Mart. This was, you know, uh, like Day Spa, mm -hmm. Esso, Petro Canada. And, I, and my heart was just in my throat going, I'm so excited that you are reading now. Not for me, for you. The mm -hmm. world is at your fingertips now. Any world, anytime, anywhere. We get to go to the library together. You can take 20 books. It doesn't matter. And if you only read one out of the 20, that's great too. You're on your way. Once you have, once you're a reader, you have your wings. And you know, they, it's true. They say you can learn anything in the world if you know how to read. So the yeah. gift of literacy is something that's deeply precious. And you know, for the first time, I think we started it two weeks ago, we do family reading night every night for 20 minutes we put the timer on i get to read mommy gets to read it zazi gets to read and it's wonderful you know each stage of life has its own wonders and it's always got their own sense of humor the bond is so strong with all of us in our home now and i'm i'm just eternally grateful for for the gift of home the gift of of each other yeah yeah speaking of home and family that's that's kind of why it sparked me to reach out to you again there, Richard. I, I bumped into your brother, uh, Roger. I had a Halloween gathering here at my house with my staff, and he mm -hmm. came along with his partner, and then there he was. And then I reminded me, I got to I gotta reach out to Richard again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, my brother Roger's, you know, yeah. I'm grateful Roger's there in Yellowknife because uh, he gets to help our mom, Rosa. She's 71, I'm 51. She was just down for 10 days here in Edmonton. Okay. I'm learning my language, Tlicho Dene. I'm taking Cleat Show 101 through Nordic College. It's free every Wednesday and Friday during lunch. It's all online. And I'm, I'm still trying to learn my ones through tens mic. And just the other day on the couch with my mom, I was on my side of the living room. She was on the other side. And I said, mom, look at us. You're 71. I'm 51. And you're teaching me my one through tens mm -hmm. in Cleat Show. I said, I guess we're living proof. It's never too late to learn your language. So I'm really grateful. Really. Again, there's that word. Just so grateful to to have a structured learning environment with two great Tlicho instructors. Lots of laughs. I yeah. figure, you know, if you're laughing while you're supposed to be learning, that's the key. It, it removes, you know, the the, the self-doubt and the nervousness I have of trying to enunciate um, words that are, and, and sounds and vowels mm -hmm. and breath stops and high tones, low tones, the nasals, the glottal clicks. You know what I mean? I'm trying to figure it out. And uh, we're, they're very patient with me. I've got a great class. I'm, I'm really grateful, again, to Nordic College and Georgina Frankie and Rosie Benning. Great instructors. That's fantastic. That's powerful. Good mm. for you for going back. At... And Nizi D. Uh -huh. uh, I'm, I'm really grateful. Yeah, because it's been 51 years of, of wanting this. And now it's here. And I don't take it for granted. I'm, I think I'm going to keep taking Cleacho 101 from here on in forever. They have advanced classes, but, yeah. you know, just to do the basic conversations, the survival skills that we use every day, survival words, they call them like Dianzile, don't touch, na, what's he da, amene, uh, tleko di, etsi, etse, things like that, the, the basic everyday 
um, you know, um, uh, I could, I, I think I've got three more left that I've been rehearsing every day, but it's great. It's, it's like having, I'm rehearsing for a superpower every day with my language. <laughs> now you mentioned earlier at the top of the show that you write, you sit down every day and you write and, you know, after a year, there's a book. So where are all these books coming from? Like you, you your, your resume is amazing. So where do all Thanks. these books, these ideas come from? Well, I've been, you know, I was so lucky to grow up in Fort Smith, Northwest Territories, born in 1971. So we had, growing up, we had the drugstore and the Northern store. So we had Heavy Metal Magazine, Savage Sword of Conan, Epic, Heavy Metal. Um, there was another one that I have that I just rediscovered. Anyways, so, and Starlog and Fangoria and, you know, every Wednesday it was New Comic Book Day. But it was actually, I've been collecting, I'm 51, so I've been collecting comics for since I was seven. What's 51 minus seven? 40 something? Let's just say, let's say for 45 years, I've been collecting comic books. Yeah. And as a reader and a huge fan of illustrated literature, I really feel, well, they say if you want to be a better writer, you have to become a better reader. And I think that my first love was reading, whether it was Stephen King or S.E. Hinton or, uh, you know, Pat Conroy growing up. Um, I remember going to bed early as as a teen just so I could read 200 pages of, of um, Stephen King every night, 200 pages. You know, I'm so grateful. I think Stephen King was was our Harry Potter. Right. If that makes any sense to be taken away with Cujo and Pet Cemetery and Firestarter. And and uh, so I started off as a reader. And then I think you know the story. But when I was about 19, I just realized, I you know, no one's telling our story. Nobody's talking about driving our skidoos to high school and checking my brother's trap line after after school and racing home at you know 4 30 because Degrassi Junior High was on and filling <laughs> the wood box. We used to go through eight cords of wood for our log house. And um, you know, having spaghetti and meatballs, but the meat was either buffalo meat or bison meat or um caribou. Um just having grandparents who are really powerful medicine people who didn't speak any English. No one was talking about, you know, the humor and the laughter and and how charming and, and sexy and sensual we are as northerners and how we can two-step to anything. And, you know, and look at look at us grow. We had ABBA, we had Boney M, ACDC, like Iron Maiden, Accept, right? Platinum Blonde, Good Rockin' Tonight with Stu Jeffrey. How could I not come out of the 70s and 80s as an artist and as a creator, as a content creator? And uh Growing up, it was just as a reader, I just loved where writers would take me. Uh, there are some worlds I never want to leave, right? And there are some worlds I just couldn't wait to get out of quick enough uh, <laughs> when it got to the, the more gory stuff. But but so I really do feel that, you know, I started to understand very early that the story is the boss, Mike. So when something comes to me, I have to really respect as a disciple to the craft of writing and storytelling and, and story creation what, it, what does this want to be? What does this idea want to be? If it's a chant or a lullaby, well, then we have a baby book. If it is a story in which gravity doesn't need to apply, that's a graphic novel, right? I, I think a graphic novel is a poor, a poor person's screenplay. You don't need a green screen and, and $27 million, right? You just need your imagination and a, and a great artist like Scott Henderson or Christopher Shy or Crystal Mateus from Hay River, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they can take you where your own writing can't. And a colorist like Donovan in uh, Yachuk and, and A Blanket of Butterflies. Mike, we sent you our new edition of A Blanket of Butterflies, didn't we? Yes, you did, as well as Gather. Isn't it, isn't it beautiful? Yeah, and yeah. Gather, Richard Van Camp, the storytelling. So, you know, 
this year has been wonderful because we, for those that are listening and that don't know what I write, so we have a beautiful black uh, graphic novel with Scott Henderson called A Blanket of Butterflies. And it was released a couple of years ago. And it's about a real suit of samurai armor that ended up in our community, Fort Smith, Northwest Territories. It's still there. I saw it in October. Uh, nobody's come to claim it yet. Um, and this is about a little boy who helps a man from Japan named Shinobu retrieve not only the suit of samurai armor from the Northern Lights Museum in Fort Smith, Northwest Territories. I'm really excited to set my, my graphic novels and so many of my stories in my community because I love Fort Smith forever. Um, this is about a little boy who helps a man from Japan retrieve not only the suit of samurai armor, but the samurai blade that accompanied the armor to help Shinobu bring it back to Japan. But merry mix-ups ensue when Benny the Bank uh, is in the way and doesn't want Shinobu to take that katana back to his ancestors. So I'll leave it at that. But we released it a couple of years ago when we were shortlisted for the Eisner Award, which is one of the biggest awards in the world for illustrated literature. And then we decided to re-release it in full color because I've written another book, which will be out in April. We'll send you a copy, Mike. Thank it's you. Called Design, yeah, it's called, it's called As I Unfold You in Petals. And you get to see Benny the Bank and Flinch and Torchy again. And then book three, I've just written and I've sent to the editor. And you get to see Runt and you get to see Crow and you get to see many of the characters in the, in the first one. So, so that is really how that book was written, was just the mystery around, wait a minute, how did a real suit of samurai armor end up in our little northern community? And why hasn't anybody come to get it in 15 years? It doesn't make any sense. And, and those things that you hear that, that trouble you and haunt you and confuse you, that's great storytelling. That's where great story, because I think the two greatest words we have as writers are what if, mm. what if, what if a man from Japan came to get that real suit of samurai armor in our community, but what if the katana was missing because the last museum director had a gambling problem and put it out on the table one night when he was gambling with Benny the bank. And now wow. you've got a story. Now you've yeah. got the, the beast of it all. And so I think I'm just a really good listener. And I think that I show up every day with a good heart and an open mind going, what do you really want to be? How can I best serve you as, as a disciple, right? The story is the boss, Mike. And you know, I've had 26 books out in 26 years in just about every genre it, because I respect what a story wants to be. Yeah, I like what you said there. How can you how can you not live in the 60s or the 70s and not be a content creator? Like that's really good. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, it was the 70s, certainly in the 80s. And you know, and I'm I'm grateful to CBC. I mean, Degrassi Junior High, Good Rockin' Tonight with Stu Jeffrey. Um, look at Night Tracks when you know late night cable. And look at we had the movie channel, we had HBO, the new TNN. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had world cinema at our fingertips when I was seven years old. I remember coming home and and we had Aliens and Predator and Star Wars and Terminator and Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Porky's and, you know, Grease 2, one of the greatest movies ever made. Great cheesy horror like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, we had Freddy. We had, uh, oh, man, we had Michael Myers to worry about. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And we had Metallica talking about, you know, Enter Sandman sleeping with one eye open. Uh, yeah. It was a great time to be alive. And I, I'm really grateful. And. And my worry is that kids today, they're going to have their own nostalgia about whatever it is that they're into, whether it's Fortnite or Zelda or Minecraft, that that may be their their 80s that, that I'm talking about right now. I'm just so grateful that I grew up in a time where we were just outside all the time, left our own devices, rarely bored, 
You know what they say when you work at McDonald's, Mike? If you got a time to lean, you got a time to clean. <laughs> you know, I used to work at McDonald's in 1989. They paid us four twenty an hour in Calgary. That was the motto. You got a time to lean, you got a time to clean, baby. That's so right. Don't be leaning. You, you up, keep hustling. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up a cloth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even if it's not dirty, just keep scrubbing. Pretend it's they dirty. They caught you. Yeah, they caught you. They get you to do clean out the, the meat freezer. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Something horrific. No thanks. Yeah. So this next question is kind of like saying, which one's your favorite kid? Which one is your favorite book, would you say, and why? Well, actually, let me just circle back and answer your question a little a little differently. So I, I'm really grateful for this year. I just sat down and went, you know, 2022, we're, I'm doing my bookkeeping for the year. And I went, we've had a wonderful year. You know, we re-released the color edition of A Blanket of Butterflies, which we sent you. Mm, hope you yes, love sir. it. I hope you, ball, I hope you bawled your eyes out at the end. I bawled my eyes out writing it. And uh, you know, I remember the late and great Lee Miracle, one of my mentors said, if you're crying while you're writing, it's a good sign. If you're, if you're blushing while you're writing, if you're nervous, if you got the fear sweat when you're writing something because you're so nervous about where you're going to take a story or where a story wants to take you, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. So we have um, Gather, Richard Van Camp on storytelling, which I really feel is a celebration of some of the greatest interviews I've ever had with elders and knowledge keepers about miracles, you know, to interview indigenous elders who have passed away and have seen the other side and have come back to talk about it is one of the highest honors of my life. Um, interviewing Anna Tanaskit and hearing about how the little people saved her life in Vernon, British Columbia one night. Um, interviewing my mom for her residential school story. You know, my mom was stolen when she was five years old. She went to two residential schools for 12 years. It was it was because I had the, the book deal with the University of Regina Press, that gave me the courage to finally ask my mom, what was your first night like, you know, at five years of age at Brainerd Hall in Fort Smith, when you knew that the plane wasn't coming back? And to hear that and to, to get that with her permission, not just for me, but for my brothers and for the grandkids and for future future generations, but also, you know, there were 150,000 kids that were stolen across Canada, Indigenous children that were stolen across Canada, and more, actually. And I just felt like Gather is such a celebration of the hope and the beauty and the grace of what it means to be Indigenous and, and to be a wicked, kick-ass storyteller. But also, I, you know, I've said that residential schools will always be the sorrow in Canada's bones. There's a lot of healing. And, you know, look at downtown Yellowknife, look at downtown Winnipeg, downtown Vancouver, downtown Edmonton. That's still the onslaught. That's still the fallout from the residential schools and and this continual culture of extinguishment that has been thrust upon Indigenous people. It's it's never going to stop, right? It's never going to stop because, you know, they say, you know, capitalism costs resources. Indigenous people are usually in the way of those resources, right? We're a threat to the machine. So I'm really proud of Gather, Richard Van Camp on storytelling. I'm really grateful and, and really proud of A Blanket of Butterflies because to work with Scott Henderson in Winnipeg, he's, Scott is a master artist, but to work with Donovan Yachuk, who is the colorist to color uh, a black and white graphic novel, which was already stunning on its own, I feel Donovan took the story where myself as the writer and Scott as the illustrator, it took it to a whole new level. We can show a blanket of butterflies to anyone, anywhere, anytime in the world. 
and we can compete with DC, Marvel, Boom Studios, IDW, the biggest studios in the world. We have something that's just as magic as when I was holding Heavy Metal Magazine in my hands when I was 11 years old. But also, we also have um, just released Three Feathers, our movie on restorative justice. It's a drama. Uh, it's only 56 minutes. And uh, it stars, you know, Dwight Moses from Fort Smith, Joel Evans from Fort Smith, Henry and Eileen Beaver from Fort Smith, David Burke from Fort Smith. It's the only movie, Mike, and it costs us half a million dollars to make in and around Fort Smith. It took three years. And Craig Kovacs from Hay River is the ultimate uh, master of photography. If you're looking for a director of photography, a camera person for whatever it is you're shooting, get Craig Kovacs because he really knows his stuff. Um, but it's the only movie that was ever shot in four different languages. It was shot entirely in Bush Cree. So they would shoot a scene in entirely in Bush Cree. Then they would stop, take a break. Then they would shoot it entirely in Chipoyan or Dene Sutlane. Mm -hmm. Then they would take a break and then shoot it in South Slavey. And then they would take a break and then they would shoot it in English. Yeah. So we have a four DVD set that's that's come out. It's the only movie in the history of the world where the same movie was shot in four different languages. And Tantu Cardinal found out about what we were doing and said, Richard, you got to invite me up. Uh, I need to be a part of this. I'll do a cameo just to, to bring my name and my talents. And so, you know, we have Tantu Cardinal in there. She flew up to Fort Smith and we still can't believe we got to host her and, and show her in the movie. So, so to release finally after several years, the finished like elder approved linguistically perfect um, four DVD set of three feathers is really beautiful. And it's based on the graphic novel I have out with uh, Hay River artist, Crystal Mateus. So grateful again. So three beautiful creations to come out in, in 2022 or maybe the tail end of 2021, but certainly 2022 is, is uh, something to be very proud of, not just for me, but for the people I work with. Yeah. We watched that movie. We watched it in my Good. class because I teach social studies. Dine Kaday. Did you we cry? Did, did, did you bawl your eyes out? Oh, isn't it something like yeah, how it... David Burke, David Burke brings it in every scene. I mean, they all do. But David really is flinch is uh, is just a phenomenal actor. And anybody who's looking for a major lead, get David Burke. I'll put you in touch with him. Um, but also, I'm really proud, you know, of, you know, Dwight Moses, our, one of our main characters is deaf. So we all had to learn sign language on the set using sign language in the movie. Um, Henry and Eileen Beaver, the elders are really the stars. I mean, Eileen Beaver was babysitting me when I was 13 months old. And I asked her just a while ago at the supper table here in Edmonton. I said, Auntie, did you ever think when you were watching me and my little brother when I was 13 months old that one day you'd be starring in a movie that I would write? She said, I didn't have time to think with you boys. You guys were just too much work. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. the beauty of life. Yeah. Henry and Eileen. I remember then when I was in Fort Smith, they brought us out uh, muskrat, muskrat hunting or trapping. And from A to, A to Z, they showed us the whole thing, how the whole process it was amazing. Yeah. Well, I can't do what I do without them. In fact, I'm working on a new novel called Beast and it's, it's a horror novel uh, YA with a twist, but it's certainly horror, like a lot like Stranger Things and Son of a Trickster by Eden Robinson, and certainly a little bit like Shri uh, Demolines, The Marrow Thieves. Um, but I go to them all the time for help. And in fact, Henry uh, is the star of our new graphic novel, We To Go War, with Dwight Moses and David Burke and Joel Evans. And uh, the artist is Christopher Shy. We've got a two book deal with Renegade Arts Entertainment. We're working on it right now. And uh, to work with Henry Beaver and uh, and to really represent Fort Smith is is really important to me because mm -hmm. I 
growing up again, I just never saw us in, in our movies. I never saw us in comics. I never saw us in short stories or novels. And now, I mean, look at the explosion of Indigenous literature. You can't keep up. It's really an embarrassment of wealth. And look at the bestseller list right now. A lot of those titles are Indigenous titles. And it's really our time to tell our own stories our own way. And we're lucky enough to have publishers like Renegade Arts Entertainment or Highwater Press in Winnipeg or Douglas McIntyre or Inhabit Media uh, that is there with great editors and, and publishers with vision who really want to support you with your vision and they want to help you take your story where it deserves to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a little bit off topic, but I see in the background, Star Wars, you got a lot of Star Wars paraphernalia. Uh, you a big fan? Brother, I, I've been collecting Star Wars micro machines and the micro collection uh, for well over 40 years. I still have my original toys. Wow. And there's a new line of toys that is created by a company called Jazzwares, and they're called the Micro Universe. And so they basically re-released, there's five years they've got planned, and the first year is just finished. They're just releasing Wave 2. We've got years of collecting ahead of us. This is a great time to be a man baby. This is a great <laughs> time. I feel like I'm back in the womb here. I've regressed, and uh, I get to haunt. The best part of everything is I get to haunt, you know, the um, Toys R Us. They, they're bringing them in. Indigo's bringing them in. Walmart's bringing them in. So every Saturday, me and my, you know, and it's Ozzy, we, we get in the car and we go looking and I start hyperventilating. Uh, our little one has actually seen me hyperventilate uh, <laughs> just with excitement because, you know, we're all looking for the slave one right now. And, you know, the the gift, of of course, of now is we have these great online communities. So I belong to a number of collecting communities and we're going to be bringing in the president of Jazzwares pretty quick here to ask about waves two, three, four, and five, and to actually speak to the creator of, of, you know, these magnificent toys that are coming out is wonderful. It's just wonderful to be this 51 year old uh, dad drooling as I, as I see the prototypes and the designs and I get to ask the questions that I want to ask as a collector and to meet collectors who are, you know, more passionate than me is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, we, you, that'd be right up your alley because you're so creative. So, Richard, I got to ask you, you you've written sure. children's books and novels and comic books and won awards and uh, storytelling books and uh, movies. And what's next for you? Well, what's next certainly is Beast. That's the biggest novel I've ever written. It's 400 pages. Uh, we have a publisher who wants to see it. And that, to me to know that somebody really wants to see it, somebody who is with, you know, the head of a huge publisher um, has given me the soul fuel to dive back deep. It's almost like when you have a final exam with a teacher, you really want to impress that. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel like. And, and, you know, I, I always feel like when I've created something, I've been working on this novel for several years now. I felt like I was done a couple months ago. And I have, I have a great agent. Her name is Janine Cheeseman with Aurora Artists. And she went through it. She's read it, I think, three times completely. And she did something she's never done before in our creative process. She she sent me an outline. And it was, I think it's 14 pages, single spaced. And what she did was she wrote down from a Southerner's point of view, because she's in Toronto, mm -hmm. what happens in every scene. And she just asks questions without any judgment. And I realized that if I want to tap into an international market, which I do, I want international readership. I want, I want, you know, simultaneous translations. I want to be translated in 20 languages. I want that. To get there, 
there are no shortcuts in, in the craft, in any craft that you're trying to learn, whether it's curling or darning or weaving or looming or sewing or beadwork or hunting, trapping, um, irrigation, you name it. There are no shortcuts. But what Janine did for me was so precious because when I when you remove ego and you get to read an outsider's point of view about what it is that you have already created with just asking basic questions. Mm -hmm. I realized, Mike, even though I'm three years into this, there's still so much work to do. And, and you know what? Now that I have uh, this wonderful publisher waiting, and I've said, I'm going to need a lot of time because I get one shot. Mike, you get one shot at the table in the big leagues. Yeah. And if we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. So I'm taking the time and I'm so lucky now at the age of 51 to have the focus and the time and the clarity, but also to have somebody that I really respect waiting for me mm -hmm. is, is soul fuel. This is, this is what it takes. This is how champions are born. And so that's number one. And then we're working with Christopher Shai, who is a master artist. I wanted to work with Christopher for 15 years and we're working on a, a graphic novel called we to go war. And so Christopher's sending an artwork uh, when he can and his work is it, I don't know for friends on Facebook Mike but I repost a lot of what Christopher Shy does he does a lot of the Hollywood movies he did all the Wheel of Time oh. uh, movie posters for HBO so to get you know to, to be able to talk to your heroes like Christopher Shy and Scott Henderson and to have great editors uh, like Alexander Finbo who's the publisher of Renegade Arts Entertainment so we've got two graphic novels planned in the We To Go War universe we've got Beast um, I've got a short story collection I'm working on, but short stories are spells. They they can't be rushed. They they mm -hmm. can never. You you almost have to channel a short story. They they come from a place that can never be planned. A novel can be planned. A novel and a screenplay can be plotted out uh, and inspired. But but a short story collection or a, a, any short story is is this mysterious beast. And it's like being struck by the sweetest lightning. You you pray every day that another short story is going to come back and and visit you so anyways my days are full because it's it's family right it's it's myself it's going for walks it's trying to keep in great shape and and uh and eating well and then but first and foremost when i get up first coffee is me down on the couch trying to wake up um and then second cup of coffee i'm in front of this well this other computer here and then it's it's go time because and i will say this that i've realized that it really is up to me to fill my own love cup first in the morning mm -hmm. because nothing beats the buzz of a great writing day and I already have my notes in my day planner for what I'm going to do tomorrow once I filled my love cup and it's overflowing with my my writing and the craft of what I've accomplished today it only makes me a better father a better husband a better friend a better community member and then as a mentor I can give more as a mentor and as a cheerleader because my heart is full. I, I'm good. I want you to be good too in whatever it is that you want to be. And a pleasure and a privilege and an honor, Mussy Cho. I'm so grateful to you. From my family to yours, Mussy Cho. What an honor. What a privilege. How blessed I feel to have Richard Van Camp on my show today. Not only a proud member of the Clicho Nation from Fort Smith, Northwest Territories, but what an amazing storyteller and author and speaker. Such a gifted man. Thank you, Richard. Mussy Cho. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, and I hope you did, be sure to subscribe and share with your family and friends. And remember, you may be given a cactus in life, but you don't have to sit on it.